Hello everybody and welcome to episode 19 of the China Bees podcast, Octopussy. Today is Saturday the 5th of July and coming up in the show we've got a roundup of the latest news from the Nitty Wells, we have the return of the pattern pick, we have a yarn shop review and whipping Piccadilly section. Hello, hello and welcome to episode 19. Great to have you all here with me again. A warm welcome to all new returning listeners. I'm very much pleased to be podcasting again for you so soon. Things are all going well up in the sunny world of Dundee at the moment and I'm continuing to try the local crazy cuisine. And This time I was introduced to the world of the flat peach. Apparently you can get peaches and they are flat and sometimes they're called satin peaches. I'd never had them before, but I have now. So uh, I've not tried the Haggis Pakora, you'd be pleased to hear, but I have tried flat peaches in season now. I also went on a trip at the weekend, my first trip to Glasgow proper to check out the Yarni offerings available there, uh, along with a few of the kind of knitting Nitterati really, Louise Scully from the Knit British Podcast was down, there was Claire Devine of Yarn and Pointy Six, met another lovely uh, yarny lady called Shova and we met up with Karina Westerman who lives over in Glasgow, who took us along to the brand new yarn shop in Glasgow, the Queen of Pearls, that's been open for about six or seven weeks now. Very, very enjoyable and then we went along to the Yarn Cake as well. And I would be lying if I said that we hadn't had any cake. Although Westerman took us to an amazing cakery just around the corner from the Queen of Pearls called Once Upon a Tart, which had the most fantastic selection of cakes you'd ever seen. Um, although I think Carrie did have a, a migraine for two days after, um, because there was not one but two different kinds of icing on her cake and hers was one of the more healthy looking options I'm not gonna lie but I mean who can resist pink glitter and or stars on every piece of cake going because I know I well I, I struggled I, I had a I had some actual lunch and, and got my, my cake from the yarn cake instead but still it was only because I couldn't decide which of the star sprinkled cakes to have because there was too much choice and uh, I didn't have anyone to copy off so I, I just I just went for a sandwich instead because that's terribly sensible I'm looking forward to sharing some nitty news and gossip with you, particularly that of a Scottish nature uh, in the next section. Um, but this is just a heads up. I'm not leaving. Don't worry. I'm not going to stop podcasting. Um, that there will be a few kind of tweaks and changes over the next few episodes. I've been podcasting for nearly two years now and circumstances and my interests have changed considerably within that time. From being in South Africa to and, and my, my pet snake in the garage, which I still miss terribly, uh, to uh, sunny Scotland via Lincolnshire. And um, it just seems right that there'll be a bit of a kind of taking stock and maybe a few changes in what I talk about to bring it more in line with kind of my experiences now and, and how things are going. There definitely aren't enough wild animal encounters here uh, to, to tell interesting Bear Grylls type stories. I do still have the odd kind of comedy story about uh, Afrikaans usage, particularly on my sat-nav in the car. 
I sent my poor old mum off to uh, to find, to pick up the Beast from Player Group, and I said, "Don't worry, I've put I've put the sat nav voice on. It's only round the corner. It's like two miles away. You can't get lost. It's only two turnoffs." And and promptly forgot that actually it was in Afrikaans, and she doesn't speak a word of it. And uh, yeah, she came back and she said it kept saying my name because it says at the end of Vandipat, which means at the end of the road, and her name's Pat. So that was terribly confusing for her. Blew, blew her mind completely. Um, but obviously going from rhinos running down the road and warthogs on the lawn to, you know, Scotland, it's just, don't we don't come across the same sort of things. So um, let me know what you think as we kind of uh, move on into different kind of subject type areas, trying not to give kind of too much of it away. Um, but do let me know whether you like it or not and what you think about it. Any feedback is always appreciated. And thank you to those of you that's left me uh, iTunes reviews. It's very kind. And to all of those of you that have been in touch since the last podcast. So without further ado, and not wanting to sound too ominous, because it's not ominous at all. I'm not pod fading. I will stay around, albeit on my usual erratic schedule, because I like to keep you guessing. That's how I roll. Uh, we'll move on to the news section. So, the latest nitty news from the UK knitting world. Well, unless you have been under a rock or on another planet or in a gin-fueled haze for the last six months or so, you will be aware that Unwind Brighton is taking part at place this weekend coming. Oh, well, next weekend. It's the weekend here already. Um, in Brighton in East Sussex. I don't know if I told you, but I am going. That's right. On both days, very excited to be attending. Not so excited about driving several hundred miles with two children and two dogs in the car by myself. But this is the kind of stuff I do for you so that I can come and report on uh, the Yarny happenings, even though it's at the entire opposite end of the country. It's my duty to do so. Uh, but as I said, I will be there on both days. I'm not sure about the shindig yet because that could maybe be taking the mick on the old babysitting front if I stay all day and all night and just roll into the next morning. But there you go, we'll see. Play it by ear. Um, I am going to be travelling down slow town as I mentioned, so I'm going to have plenty of podcasts on the old uh, iPod to keep me entertained in the car whilst we're travelling. For those of you that are interested, there is a podcaster meetup organised on the Saturdays I mentioned last time. It is at 1pm and it will be in the mezzanine above the marketplace. Lots of the other podcasters are going to be there too. So if you listen to me and you listen to them, come along, come and say hello. It's really nice to meet people in real life and, and have a good nitty chat. The more people I meet from my friends inside the internet, the more I realise that We've all got loads of stuff in common and it's just really good fun to get out there and spend time with people who enjoy enjoy the knitting. So please come and say hello. Um, I look just like my Ravelry Ravatar, but about five years older, a little bit more baggy around the eyes, a bit more tired. Um, but I'm not sure what I'm going to be wearing because I haven't planned that far ahead or indeed to tomorrow yet. Um, but I will try and have a badge of some sort so that you can tell it's me. Um, but please don't be shy, come and say hello, come and have a bit of a giggle and uh, and we'll have a natter and see what you've been buying, have a nosy at what you've all been getting. Since the um, last podcast I think they've uh, slotted in a few more exhibitors, 
that have been announced uh, including uh, signature needles so if um, you were on the on the fence before I think it's definitely worth trying to get down there to check out uh, what the offerings are really in other knitting news it's happened today there has been a very exciting announcement north of the border in Scotland because we're all about Scotland now and um, that is from Jess of Ginger Twist Studios who it's no secret I have a bit of a kind of yarny girl crush on and the wonderful Claire Divine of yarnandpointysticks.com and Sock Anatomy fame have announced today on their blogs that they are collaborating on a collection if you are up to date with your podcasts, you will also have heard this announced in an exclusive scoop interview over at the British podcast episode 8.5, which will be linked in the show notes. And uh, she's got it from, from the horse's mouth, so to speak, no offence, um, in that. So I shall read for you the announcement from the blog so I get it right word for word. Ever wanted to wrap yourself in exquisitely hand-dyed yarns from head to toe? This new collection will allow you to do just that. Four carefully designed patterns, each featuring a single skein of gorgeous gingers hand dyed, will take you from high summer through to early autumn. Head to Toe is an exclusive collection of four beautiful designs by Claire Divine in conjunction with the talented, and I doubly agree with that, Edinburgh based dyer, Jess from Ginger Twist Studios. Released over four months from July to October, the collection features stylish knitwear to take you through the seasons. Pattern release dates are Montrose, which is a hat, on the 7th of July, Brunswick, a shawl, on the 1st of August, Edina, which are mitts on the 1st of September, just in time for your posting of the Golden Skeins Yarn Club. Get that one in there, segue. And on the 1st of October, Elgin socks. I'm moving to Elgin, so I'm definitely going to have them. In fact, I've already bought the book. It's too late. I've bought the patterns. It's done. Um, the ebook and print book released on the 1st of October 2014 are available to pre order. Ebook customers will receive individual patterns as they are released. Um, the ebook and individual patterns are available from Ravelry to Ravelry to pre-order from 5th of July. To say thank you to my blog readers, I'm offering a 25% discount on all my patterns until Sunday the 13th of July. Please use the code head to toe 25 So you, you need to go and read it because you need to go and have a look because there are sneak previews of the patterns, little teaser pictures on Claire's blog and also on Jess's blog. So I will put a link in the show notes to both of them, but you must go over and have a look at them because I can't describe them and do it justice. But it looks like from my detective work that um, the shawl might be knitted in the Midnight Hour colourway, which is the one that I mentioned on the last podcast that I sent to someone in a swap. And it is really nice. So, yeah, and the Elgin socks are a nice appley green. Looks like they've got a reverse stocking stitch heel. But I'm not going to tell you anything else. You've got to go and look at them yourself. The, the hat looks really nice. Yeah, I can, I've already got plans for that now. But yeah, that's the big reveal from North the Border from the Edinburgh scene today. So I highly recommend going over there and checking that out. I know firsthand that Ginger's Yarns, Ginger's Hand Dyed, is lovely. And all the people that have tried it recently since... Um, uh, they were a part of TGS 
um, has given loads of really good feedback because quite often people will go and buy um, another coordinating scheme from the dyer to go with it and there's lots and lots and lots of love going on for Ginger's hand dyed at the moment so get over there and check it out at yarnandpointysticks.com or gingerstwiststudios.co.uk and um, and have a quick look at those I'm also super excited about Edinburgh Yarn Festival which is going to be taking place on the 14th and 15th of March next year at the Edinburgh Corn Exchange the uh, call for exhibitors has gone out this week and I think they've had quite a good response and it's going to be very exciting to see how they decide to put all of this together I think it's always nice although I'm you know I'm quite happy to travel all the way down to Brighton because my in-laws live there as well so it's a good excuse to kind of kill two birds with one stone as in be there but don't have to be there um, I always think it's really good to have a local yarn festival because not all of the small dyers get a chance to travel that far to go to the bigger festivals or um, quite often the table prices, the stall prices are very expensive at the large festivals so it's nice to have one that's close to home and maybe it attracts some of the smaller guys as well it sounds like it's going to be basically the north's rival to Unwind Brighton. They're going to have a marketplace. There are going to be workshops. It's going to be breakout areas with proper coffee and cake. Essential for nitty gatherings in my opinion. And uh, they're also going to be having an evening event as well. It's been organised by Jo and Mika of Yarn Pony Femme. She's an indie dyer and if you haven't seen Yarn Pony's stuff go and check it out she's not dying a lot at the moment because she's very busy organizing scotland's best yarn festival um but i've seen some of her stuff in the woolly brew which i think i mentioned during that review and it was lovely the show pony in particular is very very nice and their aim is to create a yarn lover's dream department store for a weekend so they did an interview with Louise Scully on the Knit British podcast in episode four, which was a few, probably a couple of months ago now. And you can hear them in person talking a bit more about their vision for the festival. But we, I will keep you up to date with anything that we hear about that in the meantime. Um, so you're fully appraised of all things Yarny in Scotland. In other news, knit alongs. I know, I know what you're all thinking what am I thinking? I'm rubbish at knit-alongs. I'm the world's worst knit-along person. Last time I did a knit-along I ended up with a business partner, it's crazy. But yes, speaking of which, there is going to be a couple of knit-alongs happening. The first of which I will mention quickly is the Commonwealth Games knit-along, which is being run by P-Hop, Pennies Per Hour of Pleasure and it will be running from the 23rd of July to the 3rd of August. They are knitting the Deer Green Shawl, which was designed for a shawl competition for Glasgow School of Yarn, and I think designed by a lady in Glasgow, so it kind of fits with the whole theme, and that lady then subsequently um, donated the pattern to P-Hop. Um, there seems to be quite a lot of interest in that. It's a really nice shawl. It's been on my list for some time to knit, um, and I'm planning to knit it in the Sparkle Duck Trial Club beyond from TGS because it's going to be like green and green together and it'd be nice and like trees and trees together. I think I explained it in another episode a while ago. But you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be green, it can be any colour you want. And um, it sounds like there's already quite a lot of good chatter going on, on there. So if you're a bit stuck for a project to do while you're watching the Commonwealth Games, then why not join in with this one? And as with all P-Hop things, you know, it's charity knitting at the end of the day. So you being a, a philanthropist as well. 
and there's going to be you've probably seen if you follow me on twitter uh, a lush knit along of the lush cardigan by tin can knits this is going to be organized between myself louise scully who's chief enabler having just knitted a lush cardigan herself louise hunt of uh, caithness craft collective and amy nicholson soon to be the boss, Harbour Yarns, um, of the Knit Spin Cake podcast. Um, we're going to be casting this on on the 20th of July and it will be running for eight weeks. We've got some really cool prizes lined up from various people, details of which will be announced shortly. Hopefully next week we'll confirm all of that. It can be in any size. Don't forget the Tin Can Knits patterns go from baby size all the way up to extra large. And there will be, although there will be prizes for finished objects, there will also be prizes um, for taking part in chatter as well. So there's no pressure of it. If you get halfway through it and you get a bit stuck, it doesn't matter. I think I can hear one of the dogs eating kibble in the background. I hope it's not being picked up by the microphone, but we'll see. Um, as I mentioned, it can be in uh, any size. So if you're a bit worried about not being done on time, then you can always just do a little one instead and we're going to be like i said hosting it for eight weeks and we're just hoping to get quite a bit of chatter and things going the reason that i came to this wanting to knit the lush cardigan was because louise i was listening to the knit british podcast and louise was helping me do the ironing well her voice was accompanying me doing the ironing unfortunately she wasn't actually doing the ironing for me because that would have been really helpful um and uh, she was talking about slash ranting <laughs> about someone saying that uh falkland islands marina is not british uh yeah it is british the clues in the title british overseas territory they use the same money that we use 98 percent of them voted to stay as a british overseas territory those people are more british than half of the british people in this country so i don't care if they're eight thousand miles away it's still British. They are still British. It's still British fleece. So bog off. You've never even been. I've been. I know. And I just got a little bit ranty and angry that people put this arbitrary. Well, if it's not within the British Isles and it's not British, but if it's grown on a British overseas territory, on a British overseas territory sheep, and then it's sheared and shipped all the way to the UK to be processed in UK mills and dyed by UK companies, then it's bloody British. And... Um, <laughs> I got a little bit ranty about it, clearly. I got more ranty about it with Louise on uh, on Saturday. Um, so I decided that I wanted to knit the Lush cardigan because she was also talking during the podcast about knitting the Lush cardigan and how she received quite a lot of compliments on it. And it is a lovely cardigan. Um, and I wanted to knit it in black yarns at Swan, which is Falkland Islands Merino from the Falklands, which is British. And um, it is shipped to the UK. The fleeces are shipped to the UK and they're processed um, by UK companies and dyed by Blackie Yarns. They come from one farm on the Falkland Islands, which is Swan Inlet Farm, which is run by Ali and Andre Short. And um, the reason why I want to do that is that I, obviously I've been to the Falklands, I spent four months there when I was in the RAF, and uh, my husband's going to be spending some time there this summer. So I'm going to need a project to keep me quiet 
And I thought, well, seeing as he's going to be there, I'll, I'll use some yarn from there. I'm hoping it's going to bring me some handspun back. And um, I'm going to knit the Lush cardigan in protest at these people who don't think that the Falkland Islands Marino is British. But, yeah, so I'm going to be using Falk, uh, Swan from Black Yards. <laughs> Um, and they've got a lovely array of colours. It's obviously brought in, it's undyed, and they mix it with some other um, some other uh, fibres, and then it is dyed in a range of shades that are um, inspired by the landscape in the Falklands, which is very, very kind of striking and beautiful, and in a lot of ways is very similar to the kind of landscapes that you see on the Yacht of Hebrides and in Shetland and places like that. They just look very similar. Um, so I think that is going to be very nice. I'm planning to go and visit their stall at Unwind Brighton next week. I've flogged a lot of stuff on eBay that we don't need anymore. I've been saving my pennies and I'm going to go get me some of the um, Blacker Swan, which is 8.50 a ball. So I'm probably going to be looking at 80 quid worth of yarn for this jumper for me in the size that I need. But I think that's a bargain, frankly. Um, I know that Louise Scully is planning to knit it in Wensleydale Longwall, I think, and Amy is going to do hers in West Yorkshire Spinners, which is um, very uh, affordable and nice, really nice yarn. I'm hearing loads of good stuff about West Yorkshire Spinners at the moment, and Louise Hunt is still to confirm what she's knitting hers in, but if you fancy joining in, I think it'll be a really good crack between uh, the four of us and all of you. The sign-ups are going to be in the Knit British podcast thread uh, group rather on Ravelry and then there's going to be a bit of a, a safari around with the um, chat threads and stuff but we'll explain more about that um, in the actual groups themselves for those of you who are taking part so we don't use up lots of time during the podcast explaining that but yes I am very much looking forward to my a Blacker Lush Blackest Blackest One Lush cardigan it's going to be awesome and it is going to be finished by the time it gets home because by the time I move to Elgin it's probably going to be cold so I'm going to need it anyway enough of the knitting news let's go on to the pattern pick Oh, I am pleased to be back with a pattern pick after two podcasts where we're having a bit of a pattern rest, really. And this week it was inspired by the trending of the Octomits pattern by Spilly Jane. And the theme this week is of an octopus. I just thought I'd throw it in there just to see what happens. I was like, ooh, Octomits, ooh, I wonder if there's any octopus patterns. Well, I was not disappointed nine pages later. So, the first one we're going to kick off with is Octopus by Hansi Singh, which retails at six US dollars. This is a pattern for a knitted squid in worsted weight yarn, and I chose this one over the plethora of other knitted slash crochet squid patterns because this one looks quite evil and it's got really impressive, curled, and realistic cartoon style tentacles. Which I just, it just made it a bit more of a standout piece for me. And according to Hansi, now, this is what he or she says. Uh, now you too can knit your very own octopus amigurumi. This sweet cephalopod can be a lovely toy for a child or a sophisticated addition to a plush collection. Any of you out there collect plush knitted Amigurumis at all? 
If you do, get in touch. Send me a picture. I'd love to see it. I don't have one, but that doesn't mean I, I couldn't. I couldn't be tempted at some point, you know, because there's some real comedy patterns out there, just for my own amusement. I don't know about anyone else. A slight sidetrack here, but I quite like to put really fringe items, uh, decorative items, on my mantelpiece just to see if anyone notices or comments. And we have a, a statuette on there at the moment of I think is a Zulu couple in plastic faux bronze that was a gift to us from the chief of the south african air force um which is 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 our fringe item du jour at the moment and and we just we enjoy seeing people look at it and whether they should say anything about it it's, it's just really good fun that is what you could also do with a plush collection it could be quite funny anyway on back back to the uh the center track we've got the octopus like a sir dot 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 steampunk amigurumi crochet pattern number 39 by joyce overheil this retails at four dollars 99 and it is a pattern for an amigurumi crocheted octopus which has a top hat a mustache and a monocle it's really cool. It actually stands up on its own legs without the need for any wire or anything in it. So it's quite a clever construction. Quite good fun. Who doesn't need a monocled octopus in their plush collection? I know I certainly do. Onwards to something that I failed to see the point of completely, which was the Octopus Camera Buddy by Kristen Hawkins. This is a free pattern that only two people have decided to ever make. It's crochet pattern for a ring with tentacles that goes over the end of your camera lens presumably its function is to entertain small children that you've dressed up in horrendous comedy knitwear whilst you are photographing them against their will if you need that kind of equipment there's a pattern for you on to the crazy little octopus pattern by hope ferno this is a free pattern and i can see no reason why all of you do not need this in your life or more specifically in your downstairs bathroom it is a pattern for a crocheted octopus bog roll cover for the americans amongst us bog roll is like toilet tissue well it's not like toilet tissue it is toilet tissue and um you remember those uh the dollies you used to get and it was a dolly with a knitted dress and the doll would go inside the toilet roll and then the knitted dress would go over the top of the toilet roll thereby hiding the toilet roll from general view and making it into a decorative item. Now, I remember, for some unknown and strange reason, asking for one of these for one of my younger years' birthdays and my granny's friend, Auntie Mary, who wasn't my auntie at all. She was just my granny's friend, but because we're northern, it's your auntie. And Auntie Mary had quite a hairy chin. Anyway, Auntie Mary made this doll bog roll cover for my birthday that I asked for with a knitted acrylic sort of dress with loops the whole it was like a kind of she almost looked like a kind of flamenco dancer and the entire skirt that went over the bog roll was looped knitting red and white it was lovely I don't know whatever happened to that I think my mum probably threw it out in one of her fits of throwing stuff out um, and I've probably been dying to do so for quite some time I'm not entirely sure why a six-year-old needs a bog roll cover but apparently I did anyway this is not a bog roll cover for a doll's dress this is a bog roll cover for a crocheted octopus it's got little buttons for eyes and what appears to be considerably more than eight tentacles 
I'm not going to lie. But it's in worsted weight, so it's probably going to be quite quick. There are 47 of these on Ravelry. Who knows how many others are out there in the wild and unreported. I think we should add to them. Get yourself amongst the crazy little octopus people. It's a free pattern. Next we have the Knitting Octopus by Max Alexander. This is £3 and it's the kind of project that can only be dreamt up by a Brit. It's very British humour. And it is an octopus softie doing knitting. It's a little, like, it's not amigurumia, it's just a little 3D knitting octopus. It's got a little knitting project in its hands. It appears to be knitting a fair isle scarf. And uh, Max says, the knitting octopus is a happy guy. Just check out his jaunty hat. Because the jaunty hat makes all the difference. If you've got a jaunty hat, then you must be jolly. Excuse me turning the page there. It's knit in Jameson Spindrift 2 ply. I think this is really clever. It's got proper 3D eyes and everything. It has a jaunty hat. And on some of the pictures, it's styled so that it looks like it's either scratching its head with one of its tentacles or kind of wiping a beaded brow with the, with, one, with one of its arms because uh, it's knitting so hard. It's really good fun. It's quite cool. Uh, so definitely check that bad boy out. Then I noticed The Little Hairy Octopus by Teresa Alvarez. And I've only written three sentences about this it says get octopus pattern crochet and eyelash yarn job done next we have <laughs> embrace octopus sweater pattern by maya ear Servies, which is 17 us dollars which sounds like a lot but when you see the project you will see why it is that much because it is a full-on stranded color work jumper you do the body first in the round and then you do the sleeves and then you add them all together and then do the yoke in one go with like raglan decreases from there. It's got an octopus on the front with tentacles that wrap around your arm and around the body to the back. So it's re a really quite an elaborate pattern. There's a lot to it because it's a full on picture of this octopus on, on, on the jumper. And obviously all over the arms and the back as well. It's done in bulky weight, so it could perhaps be a quicker project than it looks from looking at the pictures. But I'm not the person to find that out. But if any of you do, let me know how long it took you. Then we have a Kraken of the Ski Kraken of the Sea Scoofy Monster Hooded Scarf by Rhea Richardson. This is a six US dollar priced pattern for a crochet hooded scarf. I've chosen this one because the model is taking his duties extremely seriously. He could give Stephen West a run for his money in the modelling uh, stakes, I would say. And the first picture of him reminds me of like the claw, you know, Jim Carrey, like the claw. It reminds me of that. And Quickly moving on to the Squid Apocalypse by ha by Anna Horakovich, which is a giant knitted squid driving a car. Um, yeah, so it had to be in there, frankly. Uh, so I went into the project pages. There are thirty-seven projects of the Squid Apocalypse pattern, of which, in the photography, one of them is drinking orange juice. Another one is crocheting. There is one playing a guitar. One of them is ballet dancing, one of them appears to be sat in bed reading a book, and one is just a picture of a sheep. So it's worth it just to look at the project pages in all honesty. And you'll be glad to hear we're on to the last one. And no pattern pick would indeed be complete without any cats slash dogs in knitted 
Comedy outfits. This doesn't have a comedy outfit, but it is the octopus cat toy by Jennifer Reeve, uh, known as Craft Kitten Designs. It's a free pattern for a octopus cat toy with lots of comedy pictures of cats playing with said cat toys and looking reasonably evil. So that was the pattern pick for this week on the theme of octopus. If you would like to check out any of those patterns, please go to my Ravelry. And in my queue, you will find a set called octopus and they will all be in there along with all the other sets of all the other patterns that I've described. So yes, the algorithms that I get and the pattern suggestions I get from Ravelry are pretty out there, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, if you're not sure how to find that, if you go to my blog, I will put a link in the show notes that will take you directly to the octopus pick. On to the yarn shop review. So today our yarn shop review, it probably won't surprise you to hear, is of Fluff in Dundee, which is on the Blackness Road. This is quite a new yarn shop. It's my local yarn shop. I spend a lot of time there. So this is an proper review with lots of research done on it and they opened in December and it is run by Leona who is absolutely lovely and if you've been on Twitter today you'll notice that I've been in there today I took the offspring with me I don't make a habit of taking the offspring to yarn shops um, generally because they can't be trusted they're a bit grabby grabby and I would hate if someone's feral offspring came into my yarn shop and started trashing the joint um, luckily mine are reasonably well trained and I was heartily encouraged by Leona and uh, and Louise as well to, to go over there today and, and go visit them uh, and to bring the offspring with me as well which I I did. I knew that Leona had a box of toys uh, that she keeps for entertaining any feral children. So I thought, well, I might get ten minutes before I've got to leave. So I'll, I'll I'll roll with that and see how we get on. Anyway, it went quite well. Um, the beast was extremely well behaved uh, because she's been briefed that you don't touch yarn in the yarn shop. The reason for that I will explain in another podcast because it's to do with another yarn shop that I'm going to review. <laughs> but she's been very very drilled and uh, indoctrinated not to touch the merchandise unless she's invited to do so and she's pretty good at that so that was good and Sanimal bless him he, he was loving it he uh he was getting amongst the bargain bin straight into the cheeky discount area and it was basically kind of head first in that I shared a picture on twitter earlier I'll put it in the show notes as well and I think it's a chip off the old block the boy's got skills Yes, he was. He was well into. He's loving it. I kept, I kept having to go and rescue him from there. I kept going and climbing back into the box afterwards. I will hasten to add at this point. I didn't just leave them to climb in the box. Leona suggested we let them get in there because it would make a funny picture, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Stockwise, she has um, a wide selection of drops, which is always good for kind of workhorse. Um, yarn knitting she also has a quite a wide selection of artisanal as well she's got a bit of adria fill in there she has shop and voller lang she's also got some locally spun and dyed yarns from woolly jones who is local to dundee which is always nice to get some something from from the actual place itself she's got lots of knitting needles got crochet hooks there's quite a good selection of really nice handmade buttons just for tarting up your uh, 
your projects at the end like ceramic buttons there are project bags she's got notions stitch markers um, and she's just this week also got in some locally made um, yarn balls as well which look really nice I think I might have to save up for one of those although I'm kind of I'm, I'm torn on the yarn ball front because if I have a ball and I leave it on the floor and it's in general it's going to get broken let alone if it's got some yarn in it as well so I might need a wooden one uh, for now anyway I digress uh, she also has workshops running she's done a few crochet workshops already and there's another two planned which are going to be run by Claire Devine uh, on socks Claire's been teaching at uh, Ginger Twist Studios and she's coming sort of north of the rivers both of to teach at Fluff she's got a beginners class and then there's a turning heel master class on the 26th of July um, I really want to go to the Turn and Heal Masterclass uh, but I don't have anyone to mind the small children and in the absence of a cage in the corner of fluff I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with them for three hours so uh, all, any and all offers of babysitting accepted frankly um, I really like this shop um, I like the situation of it it's on a corner um, under a large kind of tenement building in a kind of area where there's quite a few independent shops it's got enormous windows down both sides um, of the shop front that front onto the two roads, which means it's really light and airy inside, uh, which is, is really important up north because, you know, it's a lot of the time in Scotland it's quite overcast, it's quite dark. Um, so having a yarn shop with that kind of light in there is really good. It also means you've got lots of windows to put displays up in and there's some really cute displays up in the windows at Fluff at the moment. So... The other thing I quite like about it is there's quite a large comfy seating area uh, with two sofas and a little kind of coffee table and stuff. Uh, and to be honest with you, I regularly spend a couple of hours at a time in there because you get in there, you sit down, you start chatting. And before you know it, it's sort of three hours later and you're still kind of, you know, ranting about something or another. Um, but I think the main asset of the shop, at the risk of fangirling again, but not quite to the level of Jess, um, is Leona. She's really friendly, she's dead down to earth, very warm, she's a nice person to spend a bit of time in. And she's really helpful and knowledgeable without ever being at all kind of pushy and trying to steer you in any direction, which I think is always a brilliant thing in a yarn shop. If you go in during the week, the double Brucey bonus is Arthur the Dog senior sales assistant will be in there as well he's not in there on saturdays but he does go to work he does work monday to friday um and he's lovely bless him little arthur so that is my review of fluff in dundee i'm excited to see what um stuff leona's got planned and how she's going to move forward because she's been open for just over six months now and obviously it's always a kind of learning experience when you open a yarn shop and you start a new business so I'm really looking forward to seeing how she goes forward and being a loyal patron of the shop for, for some time to come. I'm very sad that this is, Fluff is one of the main reasons why I'm very sad to be leave, that I'm going to be leaving this area and moving up north so um, I wholly recommend that you check it out. Uh, it's on the Black Blackness Road in Dundee and I will put a link to the website in the show notes for you. Well, a little up 
update on the Whipping Piccadilly section after all your concerned emails about the state of my knitting mojo and congratulatory emails that I think I might have sorted it out after the last episode um, a bit of an update for you the I have been dead good I have I have prioritised my projects and I've only touched two of them to work on one of which is Elsebe's Angel and it didn't get done in time to send off as you know um, and I'm still in the middle of picking up that um, cable edging so not a lot of project on uh, progress on that but the good thing is is I'm still it's still there in my mind to be doing it and the only reason I've not is because I have to be doing it when um, I can concentrate on picking picking it up because there's so many stitches um, it'd be very easy to go wrong if you didn't pick them up right so I want to make sure that I'm fully concentrating when I do that the other project is what I have now dubbed the Tutti Frutti socks because it reminds me of those Tutti Frutti sweeties you used to get when you were younger which is the plain vanilla socks in the Desert Vista Dye Works of Fruits of Summer colorway, which is a self-striping yarn 75% merino, 25% nylon uh, standard sock yarn and it was from the second quarter of the Golden Skein Yarn Club it is going really well, smashing it, smashing it uh, I'm decreasing for the toe now, I've got to whack a couple of heels in, jobs are good and really enjoying that although I've got massive project envy because there's a lot of us doing just plain self-stripe because if you get a self-stripe yarn you just kind of want to do a self-stripe you just want to see how it turns out but um, in the group Pork to Goblin Alessandra has picked a different pattern to do and it is a hexagon sock pattern in fact the pattern is, is actually called hexagons by Kirsten Hulk and it's a set of all hexagons connected together on this sock um, but because it's a self-stripe it's they all change colours and the stripes instead of being a stripe are obviously kind of starting in the middle of the hexagon and going outwards and it looks really cool and I keep like every now and again I'll, I'll, I'll show it and I'll go oh she's done it again and my husband will be like why what what's happened now and I'm like how does she pick these really good patterns and yarns and put them together because she's just got this really good eye for doing it and and kind of making connections that my brain just doesn't make between yarn and patterns and I think it's you know it looks really cool and it's going to be a really good pattern and I kind of I, I almost either want to buy another skin or just rip these out and do that one instead there is they're going to be a really nice project so um, for a self-stripe if you want something a bit different then I'd definitely have a look at that hexagons pattern and have a look at Poked a Goblin on Ravelry have a look at her um, Harvest Hexagons project I'll link to it in the show notes because I think it looks really cool it's going to be really a really striking effect and something a bit different from that yarn that um, the rest of us with the stripy socks are <laughs> a bit jealous of I think other than the Tutti Frutti socks I've been doing some sewing I know it's been ages hasn't it one of my friends is getting married. I've been sewing some bunting. There are a few things in life more therapeutic than sewing bunting, especially when someone else has cut all the triangles and pinned them all for you. So I've been smashing through piles of uh, bunting flags on my little faff. Been loving that. And so inspired by getting the machine out and just doing a bit of easy, brainless work, I actually finished a couple of pinnies for the children couple of little um, aprons just my own pattern uh, some of them were already cut and not sewn I just whacked the bias on them so I've got more more aprons for them to wear at tea time which is always good 
and that's all that um the reporting I've got to do on the whipping piggly fun at the section at this stage sorry hopefully I'll have some uh, finished objects for you next time Well, that brings us on to the end of the show. This time, I think it's pretty much impossible for me to do a show that lasts less than 45 minutes, no matter how hard I try or how many notes I write. Um, it's probably because I'm always ranting and swearing about Falklands Marino, but it's been lovely chatting to you again. Thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I look forward, hopefully, to meeting some of you at Unwind Brighton. Remember, don't be shy. If you are a bit shy, try a gin. Works for me. Come and say hello. And I hope you all have a great week. Happy crafting and speak to you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found on the blog at www.shinybees.com. Music used in this episode is by Adam and the Water Boys. And it's I Need a Drink, available by Music Again with you, if that's all right.